Hello and welcome to the 27th episode of Megaten Marathon. It's a game-by-game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona game. Um, this is the second episode that we are doing on uh, Devil, Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. Um, the 3DS version is the one that we are doing. And I am Paul M. Davis. Who am I here with? Hi, I'm Alex Dorada-Wolf. And I'm Lisa James. Nice to see you guys again. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Um, so yeah, in the previous episode, we entered into the world of Soul Hackers, which takes place in the cyberpunk Amami City. And you are a member of a hacker group called the Spookies that gains access to a closed beta for Paradigm X, which was a uh, online game designed to connect the citizens of Amami City. But surprise, surprise, in a Shin Megami Tensei game, um, there are, you guys wouldn't believe this, but there are demons. No way. Breaking out. <laughs> demons? It, but, but this is a game about computers. <laughs> demons don't have anything to do with computers. That's crazy. So in the previous episode, we uh, went on a couple of vision quests. We found out that there was some spooky stuff going on at uh, Algon HQ. And so our team of hackers, spookies, went to look into that. Um, found that demons had broken out. And uh, we went to a warehouse district. We uh, got into a fight with a um, chipmate named Dr. Thrill. We went to a astronomy museum and then we astrology went to astrology museum, astrology museum. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and then uh, we went on a second vision quest. So now when we uh, pick up the game here, uh, I know you want to kick it off, Elisa. Yeah. So after that uh, second vision quest, which featured uh, another demon summoner named Judai who met his untimely demise. Uh, after fighting an uh, incomplete demon named uh, Muis. Is that how you said his name again? I think it's Muis. I mean, I'm just guessing based on the Moo and the Wisp. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, after that, you know, the vision quest ends. And at this point, you can start this uh, side quest for the Amami Bypass. Uh, basically, that starts off if you go into Paradigm X... And you get some information from a certain person in the bathhouse forums. And then they lead you to a gentleman who requests that you uh, deal with uh, a certain highway closing uh, in the Amami Bypass area. uh, Because apparently a demon was on the loose. Demon on the motorcycle. And that, you know, once you deal with it, come back to him. He'll give you a reward. So basically, you just have to keep encountering um this demon and once you wrap that up you return to him you get like fifty thousand. uh uh, what was it yen i think they go by (laughs) yeah that sounds right yeah so it's pretty short it's a nice reward um the interesting thing is that with this quest it has a time limit if you do not complete this quest by the amami float events that happen later on uh eventually you'll see a message on summoner net forum stating that another person in the fam society took care of the the demon uh haunting that area so that's just a little 
thing. So once you take care of that, or if you choose to, uh, you can head into the uh, mommy airport section of the game. Basically, the spookies end up discovering a bulletin on some internet uh, from Finnegan, uh, and he was calling forth his group to deal with uh, the monotonet issues, you know, the issues that uh, Judah wasn't able to resolve because he ended up dying. So you decided to go and infiltrate that. Uh, so basically you go in and you immediately come across a very gullible henchman who does all the work for you in terms of assuming that you're a newbie. So you don't have to really lie. <laughs> so that's really, really nice of him. So you just kind of slide on through. And then <laughs> and you end up hearing Judah's voice. Uh, he's now, it seems like he's a ghost. And you end up hearing his voice different points in this little dungeon, which is interesting. Um, an interesting note, too, is that if you end up talking to some demons, like, not even negotiating, but just speaking with them while this is going on uh, in general. They'll mention that they feel, some of them might mention they feel uneasy because they hear like the ghost of uh, Judai speaking throughout the, uh, throughout the mommy airport. So that was like a little interesting thing that they kind of put into that game. The ghost is haunting the demons. <laughs> ghost haunting demons. Um, how spooky. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, eventually uh, you end up, you know, um, you end up speaking to Judah's ghost for the last time as he's doing his best uh, William Shatner impression. He <laughs> he tells you to uh, go check his uh, comp, you know, hidden his uh, saxophone and that you can go ahead and get his demons out because they're still in their slumber and what have you. So it uh so what's cool is that the memory from that saxophone expands your uh the amount of demons you can hold up to like twelve, I think. And then you also get all of his demons that he previously had um during his vision quest. And you can even control them even if your level is lower than those demons. So and also I think if you recruited any demons during his his uh vision quest, you actually get those demons as well. That's cool. Yeah, so it's very, very cool. Yeah, I like so, those little touches where they tie the vision quests into what happens later instead of just making them totally separate. Goes a long way. Yeah, I like that too. It's really cool. So, um, you know, eventually you end up coming across Finnegan, um, and he already beats um, Amuis and then states that, oh, it's so easy. I overestimated uh, Judai, yeah, uh, I, whatever. I, and then. I believe he calls uh, Muis a tomato of a demon. Yes. <laughs> which uh, which I, I quite can. vividly remember because that is a very funny <laughs> turn of phrase. Exactly. And then thanks to a slip from um, Namissa, he ends up realizing like, oh, shoot, you're not obviously part of our phantom group, even though he should know that already. But <laughs> um, and he thinks that you're part of the Kuzunoha uh family so he ends up attacking well no he doesn't attack you himself he says that that's beneath him so he sicks some demons on you um and honestly this is probably the first boss fight of this game that's actually like hard <laughs> yeah this one this one was definitely a little jump up in terms of challenge mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. So, uh, after that, after you managed to beat him, uh, another guy named uh, Sukeroku, who's actually part of the Kuzunaha family, and who uh, Finnegan was actually thinking of, he shows up, says you've been watching, he's been watching you for a while, and he's looking for Ray, who... Judai, which is another family, uh, another part of the clan who uh, Judah encountered in his vision quest. So after that, he calls, says, come back to HQ. Uh, you end up getting some information about a club called EL-115. And basically, you go and visit them. You meet Alpha and Beta, um, who are hackers. And they start, and they'll offer to modify your gun pewter for you and give you like new uh, apps and stuff like that. So that's pretty handy. Uh, you also run into Lunch's dad, and Lunch is a jerk to him. Apparently, there's some issues. I don't know. Yeah, his dad is just <laughs> like, "Hey, are you okay? Are you eating? How are you doing?" And he's like, "Screw you! You're not my father." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after that, uh, you're. Your main character's mother calls and says something's going on weird with your sister. Um, and, you know, and then you and at this time too, you your um your boss Spooky also tells you how to access the uh, the demon trading uh, thing in uh, Paradigm X it's called the Pet Shop. The Pet Shop basically allows you to um, you can trade demons. With and you have to have a password uh, required before gaining access to this area. Um, you kind of have like a set of clients uh, that you and you get prizes from them by I believe you you just would you just show them the uh, demon with a certain skill and then you get like a certain demon as a prize for that. I forget if you trade the demon or if you just show it to them. Right, that's what I can't remember either. But it's pretty handy for getting some uh, strong demons, some good stuff. Also, what's interesting is that uh, two of the clients are known as Timing X and Mr. DNA. And they are actually from Shimigami Tensei 2. And they were opponents in uh, Russian Roulette. So that was a little call out to them. You know, after you do that, you uh, then it starts leading into the next section, which is the VR Art Museum. You end up getting... Uh, another call or whatnot from mother says your sister's all non-responsive. She just kind of stares at the computer and doesn't, you know, and doesn't move or anything. So her PC set in the museum in Paradigm X and that she, when you go to actually see her, she looks like how the protagonist looks when he's on a vision quest. So you dive into Paradigm X to sort of see what's going on. Uh, basically, you go into the uh, art museum, of course, and the in the gimmick of this dungeon is that you can actually dive into the paintings. Initially, you try to dive into the aqua dolphin painting, uh, and you actually see your sister playing with a dolphin, but no matter how much you swim to her, you can't reach her, so you end up having to retreat, and then you're immediately um, confronted by a weird guy named Juggler, who eventually explains to you how to uh, end up getting access to that painting. You have to get some, like, what is it, two chess pieces technically, because he has the third one, yeah. and bring them back to the uh, chess painting. Uh, you Also, what's cool is that if you actually investigate one of the paintings, you notice that um, 
it's it has like a kind of a cutout that was missing. So it seems like so Juggler actually jumped out of his painting. So you know you just go into waterfall painting got a logic puzzle where one of the four old guys is lying about having a key to a door so you have to figure out who's lying you figure it out and then you get the uh chess piece and then the next painting is a strange realm which is uh it's kind of odd inhabited by really weird things (laughs) that they speak backwards you follow those clues and then you do what everyone loves a teleportation maze yeah, my favorite. The, the two sweetest <laughs> words in the English language, teleportation maze. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to get that a uh, chess piece. So once you get those two, you bring them to the chess painting, go into the chess world, and of course fight the juggler. Um, and you put those, once you beat him, you put those pieces into place, and that gives you access to the dolphin painting. Um and then, of course, it turns out the sister was kidnapped by Dolphin. So now you're <laughs> fighting Snappy the Dolphin. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this, this, uh, this dungeon raises a lot of questions. Why do I need chess pieces to get to the Dolphin? <laughs> uh, being the first question. Why is there a Dolphin is the second question. <laughs> exactly. So... So, um, you know, so once you, once you defeat this dolphin, the, uh, the sister awakens, she doesn't remember what happened, you know, everything's okay-ish, dad's doing something in your bedroom, you don't want to know, just leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, out, and then when you go back out, uh, you get attacked by Muis again, who turns out he has kind of a thing against Nemissa. And you end up fighting him, and he even has this move called Mark. Uh, so he inflicts, uh, yeah, he inflicts Mark on Nemissa with She Marker, and because of that, he'll start concentrating on her. Uh, so that kind of sucks. But then what you have to do is essentially take advantage of it. Um, basically, just have her use her Roma skill so that she ends up doing a ton more damage because he keeps lowering her health and then just heal her and then it's not an issue. And then, let's see. And then um, you get a suspicious metal part once he leaves and then that leads into the next part, so. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, go back to the Spookies and you show them the part. Uh, hoping to figure out what it is, and uh, one of them notices it that it's from the Leon Auto Plant. So that's your next de- destination. And so once you get there, um, you have to turn off the power or turn on the power. Um, and then Ray uh, shows up. Uh, the uh, Kuzonoha. Kuzunoha. 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 Lady. I, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, ahead. she shows up again. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to get that down before we do. Well, that one is voice <laughs> acting, right? Yeah. Um, shows up and she says that she's uh, turned the power off to keep the demons away, which is uh, keep uh, yep. creepy crawlies away. Um, so you start going through the dungeon and Muis has set up some obstacles, but you eventually make it to him. And he um, has an even newer ro- uh, robot body. And he states that he wants to kill Numissa, and he wonders if she's lost her memory, um, somewhat cryptically. 
Yeah, I mean, who's ever heard of a JRPG character losing their memory? (laughs) (laughs) That seems really far-fetched to me. (laughs) (laughs) So you fight him again, and he runs away into the virtual world. So you uh, follow him, and he explains that Nemissa represents death. And then he runs out of spirit energy and dies. Ray shows up again and sends you to Madame Ginko, who is also apparently a character from Devil Summoner 1. Um, possibly transgender. Uh, she's voiced with a standard sounding male voice in the Japanese versions. But um, that is somewhat debatable. Uh, it could be true. It could be not be true. I found a couple of references to it online, but no one cited any sources, so I couldn't check. But it's an interesting thing if it's true. So let's put that out there. Yeah, that is possible. That'd be interesting. Yeah, because that's a weird, weird choice. It could be a localization error also, but... Well, it's in the Japanese version. Oh, right, right. My bad. It could be just they accidentally hired a guy to voice the character. (laughs) Like, we we really don't know. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, your team goes back to uh, Spooky's HQ... And the party has a challenge from Finnegan, Finnegan on Seminar Net, asking them to uh, asking the team to meet him at the float. The thing is, it turns out that uh, Yuichi, who's the young, annoying, spooky member, um, went there already to prove himself. Yeah, I think so, like Six was a little mean to him at the auto plant or something, and he felt the need to go, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> impetuous kid goes to fight the demons on his own. But that never happened. (laughs) (laughs) Now, kids are responsible. That's that's why they're kids. (laughs) So they go to the airport to take tram to the float. And I just assumed the float was like, just like a barge or something. But I guess that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I I just wasn't sure. It's like, oh, yeah, the float. Of course, the float. Let's go to the float. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, I figured it was something, some kind of like barge or something. Because yeah, I, I otherwise, I mean, you know, is it like a parade float? I don't think so. That, that so. seems unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a call um, from Yuichi's cell phone, and Finnegan's online and saying that he's uh, holding Yuichi hostage. You go through like a really kind of like straightforward dungeon. There's not a whole lot detailed or like too many twists or turns. And then Finnegan says that you have to fight him but without Nemissa, probably because of, you know, he's got an issue with Nemissa or possibly just because of sexism. Uh, I mean, it, it seems as though the guy's he's playing on the, uh, you know, standard uh, sexist hero who, uh, you know, will take a challenge to his manhood seriously, and thus be less uh, effective in combat. Um <laughs> Right, Maybe. he's not trying to, like, fake you out or anything. Yeah, no, you'll you'll have a harder fight if you say okay. Yeah, but either way, you can beat him, but it is a fu- it'd be a harder fight without Nemissa. But when you do beat him, uh, you come across Yuichi, who uh, seems a little weird. And we're noticing this with people, that, like, they seem kind of, like, out of it. Like, this happened to your sister, he's acting weird. What is going on with... Ah, uh, Yeah. So um, after this, you can uh, go to the VR park in Paradigm X, uh, which is a side quest thing you can do. Kind of like a giant virtual hedge maze where um, you get a fake ID from those alpha and beta DJ hacker programmer guys who are so cool. Um, 
and uh, yeah, it's a, a little side quest dungeon. Um, I didn't actually do this, <laughs> so I am going by a description here. But it uh, seems like there's like a magic tree in the middle, and something's weird with it, and there are demons, and it's a little sub dungeon. So moving on. <laughs> uh, after that, you go to Six's apartment. If you don't remember, Six is the one who uh, is easygoing and likes guns. Uh, <laughs> and whoa, he's like in a he's like in a weird coma trance thing, just like uh, your sister was. Uh, and helpfully, his computer is uh, on Paradigm X in the haunted mansion. Now, the haunted mansion uh, is like a virtual reality thing that like expands your subconscious mind into a real thing. Um, Seems like weird branding for something that would undoubtedly be an incredibly helpful mental health treatment tool uh, to make that a haunted mansion uh, in kind of an amusement park. But okay, Um, and this is actually a pretty cool dungeon. Um, It has a little more narrative interspersed than uh, some of the previous ones. So as you're kind of walking through it, you're getting these uh, snapshots and little scenes from uh, a young boy's childhood. I wonder if that boy is sick. Yes, it is. And so you're just seeing these little scenes between like him and his sister and it's spooky and weird. And then it all kind of culminates with this very spooky little thing where he's like holding this bloody doll and being like, I pushed it down the stairs and it died and won't stop bleeding. Ah, uh, oh my God, the doll is my sister. Ah, um, so that's uh, <laughs> quite dramatic and way more character development than I was expecting for six. Uh, who is easy going and likes guns. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then you get to the end of the dungeon and you find out that there's like a demon who's pretending to be his sister and has captured him in the realm, which I will say makes a lot more sense than random dolphin. Uh, <laughs> so you fight the demon, uh, then six is okay. And uh, he wakes up and he's like, oh my God, I have repressed the memory of killing my sister by accident. Uh like that's you. that's bad. I will no longer do that. Um, yeah. So then uh, here yeah. you here you can go to uh, the primate intelligence lab, which is another little side quest. Yeah. So uh, you take a little uh, side uh, side quest into uh, the virtual planet of the apes um, at the primate intelligence lab, which is where uh, Doctor Thrill relocated after. Uh, you beat him in the frozen warehouse. So it's kind of a weird dungeon because there's really a high encounter rate, but the demons aren't super high leveled. Um, so you can acquire a ton of magnetite. And then, um, but to get to the higher floors, you've got to uh, answer several intelligence quizzes to, to kind of unlock the uh, pass upward. And then you get to the third floor and there's an invisible maze. So we're, you know, really hitting on all of our uh, favorite SMT and JRPG uh, (laughs) (laughs) maze types. Uh, In in this episode, we had a teleport maze and now we've got an invisible maze and we have to like just go by the mini map to uh, navigate around to the unseen walls and doors uh, to reach the main laboratory. And when you finally come across Dr. Thrill, uh, he sarcastically uh, congratulates you on having simian levels of intelligence, which is pretty funny. You basically ask if he's a member of the Phantom Society. He grumbles that just doing occasional favors gets him pestered by summoners all the time. 
And then he reveals his uh, new solution to the problem, which is Romero, a cyborg ape who's trained as a devil summoner. Um, and he uh, has a thing for trash talking and riddle. I need to and play this dungeon right away. Okay. Yeah. I would like to actually play as Romero. Yeah, I mean, that's a, like, it's getting a little word salad there with cyborg monkey devil summoner, but uh, I can't really argue with that. I'm looking at a picture of his face, and I can't argue with that as a playable character. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not any worse than, like, some of the PS2 games as far as word salad names. So That's true. <laughs> Once you answer uh, his riddles, um, he feigns despair and summons several roll boys and attacks attacks your character. And then uh, you go to battle with him. And uh, once you beat him, Dr. Thrill berates him for his failure. And uh, that basically uh, splits Romero and uh, Dr. Thrill up. And that's the pretty much the end of the side quest. Okay. So then um, at this point, uh, you get a little phone call from your sister uh, who says your dad was in some kind of riot at uh, the Akane Mall. Um, So you go to the mall and people there are acting all crazy and weird and angry. Um, This dungeon, uh, I do not remember very well. It's pretty straightforward as far as I recall you run into your dad at some point he's acting like all the other nutty people there um keep going through the dungeon and uh you run into uh Tsukuroku or however you say his name the uh Kuzunoha guy from the very beginning that you met at the airport uh who uh indicates to you that people are uh, acting crazy perhaps because of the uh the crypto chip things that uh, Algonsoft uses in their PCs I don't remember if we covered this in the last episode but there was a little plot beat about how all of the computers in the city are, like, distributed by Algonsoft, and, like, you're not supposed to mod them or anything. Yeah, I think we, I think we talked about that. Okay, yeah, I didn't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, that's, and then eventually you just kind of find your way out of here, and that's it uh, for that. And so, uh, anybody have any general thoughts about uh, this, this section of uh, the game? <clears throat> well, uh, let's see. In the first part, which... I neglected to mention. I mean, it's not like a big deal, but it was interesting when you went back to the Amami airport and um, previously in the second vision quest when um, you were playing as Judah and there was this guy who you learned a bit about demon personalities from. And then that same guy is still at the airport who's grumbling about how now they have to clean up after Judah's mess. And if you speak to him, instead of giving you the same information he gave Judah, he actually tells you in depth about um, what happens when demons start having higher um, higher loyalty. Oh, yeah. Friends. Right. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Like, I actually, that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that if demon, if kind demons are maxed out, they can start taking damage for you. Yeah, that um, was all new information. Yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. Uh, and then, of course, he also mentioned about the types of gifts that they prefer, you know, that um, sly demons like expensive gifts, wild ones like food, things like that. So it's like it's just little nice little extra information that's uh, pretty handy, actually. So I just wanted to add that in there. <laughs> yeah, just um, generally, I felt like the dungeons in this segment were um, quite a bit more creative than the uh, the ones in the previous 
art, which makes sense as the game is getting more complex. And even though like um, the art museum seemed real random in what you had to do, I like that they were trying. Like, yeah. yeah, it's cool to like get chess pieces for a juggler. That is way better than, oh, I need a key card. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> one of the great things about it being like a VR premise is like, even though a lot of this sounds kind of crazy or wacky, um, they can kind of like reach out and kind of like pull from a lot of different threads and it doesn't seem as crazy or just totally out of left field. Um, yeah. I couldn't imagine uh, them like fitting, you know, fight with the dolphin into uh, <laughs> the narrative <laughs> of like a mainline like SMT or uh, Persona game. Um <laughs> And so while, like, some of the stuff seems pretty crazy in left field, um, they have the freedom to kind of do that. Um, I think one of the things things that's also really interesting is that is going back to, like, some of these games that, even though this was a remake for the 3DS, um, you know, its DNA is way further back in kind of SMT history. Yeah. So yeah, there are interesting mechanics that like have been sort of dropped. Like, you know, in SMT4, like magnetite plays a role, and that was a really major part of the uh, first games of the early games. Um, but it's not really like that major of a mechanic anymore. And it really is tied into uh, kind of like the fiction from the original, like short novel. Many. I remember that episode. Uh, many, you guys really many liked episodes that. ago, and are really terrible. <laughs> yeah, you love those. Those were so good. Oh yeah, they're they're really <laughs> terrible. But like, you know, it's interesting because there's kind of like all these sort of um, I wouldn't say dated, but just kind of like older mechanics that can that have kind kind of been filed off as they've made the game a little more accessible. Yeah, yeah. This game definitely has a bunch of just kind of mechanics that don't certainly don't fit in with today's kind of more streamlined uh, attitude. Like this definitely wouldn't have that whole giving demons gifts system if it were designed today. Like that just feels like this whole extra little thing that doesn't quite play into the main thing. But I'm, I'm actually really enjoying that aspect of the game. It's fun to have all of these little systems to kind of mess around with. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. And it's like, it's also a nice change of pace because like, you know, like, doing these games in succession after a while, you start getting a sense for like what the different elemental, uh, affinities and, you know, uh, what your buffs and debuffs are that you want to use on certain demons and whatnot. Um, and you start kind of like mapping that, uh, or that like, uh, those like elemental, um, uh, elements that different, uh, demons have against one another. You start to kind of like map out that like spreadsheet in your head. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's really cool to have like these mechanics that are really kind of changing that, um, making you kind of think like, oh, that's not what I expected in this situation. You know, and like as much as people sort of like to bag on SMT games sometimes as far as like, oh, you know, like the demon like negotiation feels like it can be uh, sort of arbitrary. Yeah, There's I was just about to comment logic. on that. What's that? I was, I, yeah, I was going to say something about that after you were done. Which, uh, yeah, there's, there's like a certain logic that you start to get, you know, and especially once you get to know certain demons, you're just like, oh, yeah, Jack, Jack Frost is like, 
this way. And so yeah. I didn't expect him to be this, to like interact with him in this way from game to game. Yeah, I think uh, like I'm just um, the variety of kind of demon conversations in this game. I've been quite impressed with in general yeah. with the series in the past. I have not been super into the demon negotiation, but um, with this game, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what these little weird guys have to say, because it, it really does seem quite varied. There's like, I, I have not run into too much um, repeated, like, you know, like, oh, I like chocolate. Do you have chocolate? You don't have chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and you just get these like little uh, kind of mini stories of these conversations with demons here that I'm actually really having fun with. They do break up the dungeon crawl of this game quite a bit. You can just, you know, like, oh, man, these demons are strong. I wonder if I can talk to them to make them not fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think like I've, on the, on the side I've been playing uh, some uh, Xenoblade Chronicles too, which uh, I don't know if you saw that screenshot, Alex, that was posted to Slack earlier. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta say, this twenty-year-old uh, RP, uh, RPG is uh, the mechanics make more sense to me than the one that came out two weeks ago. So. <laughs> yeah, it seems like with modern RPGs, if they tend to go the complex combat mechanics route, they go real. Yeah, yeah. Like It's either like, okay, I know what this is. This is fine. Or it's like, wait, what? Your gem zone needs to be reticulated, you say? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. Um, you know, where this game was in like the evolutionary like st st uh, stage in SMT history. Um, I mean, so you had SMT 1 and SMT 2, which came out on the Super Nintendo. And then um, Nocturne, which was the unofficial SMT 3, didn't come out in a PlayStation 2. Um, so you kind of had like a generation of a hat and a half where uh, these Devil Summoner games were, you know, sort of the bridge to eras. Um, yeah, so I think that it's interesting. You get these kind of legacy systems, but they're starting to like, eek outside of that you know experiment sort of like different systems but also a different mechanic track with the D yeah it's really cool to like because this is a period like particularly i have not i don't think played any other smt games from like the late 90s um and so this is like just it, it's filling in a very uh interesting gap uh between like um you know the uh, snas ones and then uh the the ps2 one and yeah, and I'm I'm surprised how well it, it feels just to play. I was expecting something a lot clunkier. So, uh, I just had a question for you two. Um, I wanted to know, like, since you guys were mentioning, you know, how much you appreciated these uh, earlier mechanics, like the whole demons having personalities and things that can influence them, and then the fact that the conversations kind of in this game had more depth, like... And but that, you know, as they started streamlining the series, those kind of got left behind. So, uh, like, what mechanic would you kind of want to see most in a modern day? Like, I guess a future Shin Megami Tensei game. And like, if like, you know, which whichever one you pick, like, how do you think it would be best implemented into the game? So it won't feel so uh, dated. I feel like that'd be the only issue really good question yeah um i think i'd probably like to see something where um like i haven't played all of the more recent smt games so maybe one of them has done this i don't know um but where like um i really like the idea that demons of different personality types have like 
some difference in how they function mechanically in combat after you've, um, you know, gotten them on your team. Yeah. Because it seems like, you know, in a lot of the later games that even that do have, you know, the demon negotiation and stuff, it seems like, well, okay, after they are, they're on your team, they're just kind of a blank slate. And just carrying over a little bit of like, nah, this is a, a crafty demon who, you know, maybe isn't always going to follow your orders, but, um, you know, has some quite good magical attacks. I think that would be just... Because I always, I'm always looking for more personality in my playable characters in RPGs. Right. So I think that's kind of what I would like to see. And that could be integrated uh, into a modern game in a lot of different ways. Um, and it wouldn't even have to be like these major mechanical differences, but even just like, you know, a kind demon occasionally taking a hit for you in, um, you know, a modern SMT game, I think would be really cool. Yeah, I think that would be really, really cool is, you know, sort of these like personality traits. I think that it would be really hard to implement. Uh, I could see it pissing people off if they're fighting a like high level boss and like one of their demons decides to go rogue. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, at the same time, that sort of thing wouldn't have to necessarily be like random. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, it, they could apply a little more personality to demons and, I think you're totally right, Alex. The demons, like, once you're trying, you know, while you're trying to uh, negotiate with them, have a lot of personality, but your party, you pretty much just forget that, forget about them. Um, and the only interaction that you're going to have with a demon of that type is you come across another one, and you can have a conversation with them, and they're, oh, I see that you've got one of us in your party, so good Here's for some you. Gold We're going to piss off now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, it would be cool to like, kind of like maintain that personality. Uh, and I think that, you know, the gifts system could be brought into a more modern game in an interesting way. Obviously, if that was too kind of like, you know, arbitrary or randomized, that would just add like you know, frustration. But, um, I do think it's interesting to be able to kind of like swap through uh, swap things with demons and try and like kind of barter with them. And the only way you really see that in the modern games is like, if you come across a demon and they're like, Oh, give me some of your life boy. And you're like, okay. And they take some of your life. And they're like, Oh, give me some more. And then they take some more. And so that's kind of the only way that that's really implemented. Yeah. Yeah, really just more ways to interact with the demons in your party would be really nice. And, like, it doesn't even have to be them disobeying orders because I can see that, like, really frustrating people. But, like, even if you just, like, made it strictly positive so that, like, demons of different types would do a different, always good thing, occasionally. Like, just something little like that, I think, could do a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like, sort of an incentive for, like, maxing out their loyalty, like, getting to understand their personality type. And then doing things in battle that benefit them. So like you said, they would reward you positively, you know, yeah. with like a kind demon taking hits for you or, you know, some another demon like giving you items or you get like a second attack with them. Or I think wild demons, it increases their physical attack the higher their loyalty is. So, yeah, things like that. Yeah, and I feel like too. Like I really did like the personalities. Like once I got used to the mechanic, I really liked it. I, I would like to see it expanded. Like if they ever use it in future games by having maybe more than four types. Yeah, because, that's always the thing. Yeah, it'd be really fun to kind of see. Like not too many, but you know, 
maybe just like a like two or three or so more types of personalities. It'd be kind of interesting to see like uh, uh, a more like a wider uh, spectrum of that, and then have you know other things that you get to uh, have to do with those demons to get them to be loyal to you, and then you know stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. They could definitely bring those kind of elements in. I mean, you know, whether or not they do question. I feel like with the SMT series, they really could experiment more than they have installments. Um, right. I yeah. understand why they, you know, might be bound to a formula with the Persona series because that's kind of like a big money franchise now. But everyone loves Persona. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but, you know, SMT, especially, you know, they're going to be on a new platform, which and it says they're develop, developing, developing it in Unreal. Um, you know, I, I feel like they could really kind of shake up some of the mechanic and SMT fans would probably recept it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm always uh, I always like it when games do something real weird, even if it's not great, because at least it's interesting instead of just like, oh, yes, this is the same Mario game. He can jump on the turtle. Yep. <laughs> Although I understand that new Mario is different, but I know nothing about that, so I won't speak of it. <laughs> well, does anything anybody else have anything to add? I'm good. Fine. I think we pretty much covered everything in this section. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much. We're making short work, short work of this one. <laughs> I think that's good, though, instead of like kind of like going like level by level in each dungeon yeah that would not... be that's not oh god just a podcast going through a dungeon crawl and then if you turn left here you will find a healing item just <laughs> 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 uh, a let's play where you don't see the game yeah <laughs> yeah we definitely done the uh done some episodes where it like glued out into like three hours just like <laughs> talking about like so yeah just hit the interesting thing. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks so much for recording, guys. Yep, and thank you for editing and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah. So uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. You can go to megatemmarathon.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, yeah, until next time, um, keep fusing those demons. Yep.